Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Thursday, October 28th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, could we one day create sperm and egg cells from any human cell, even across the sexes? Plus, how BJ Novak from The Office's face ended up on products all around the world without him knowing. And the latest drops from two of the internet's leading mischief-making companies, including Andy Warhol Forgeries and a vegan cannibal steakhouse. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. What if we could turn blood cells into eggs? Blood cells from someone of any sex into eggs, like human eggs that could be fertilized and eventually maybe one day become a baby, enabling all sorts of parents to conceive of biological children when they otherwise couldn't have. Research has been done in this field for years, but a startup from a spunky young guy with former ties to the Y Combinator incubator might be the one to really get it off the ground. Now, why would anyone want to do this? Well, there are a growing number of people it applies to. People are continuing to have children later in life, and for those looking to conceive on their own, they more and more need the assistance of some type of in vitro fertilization, since the supply of healthy eggs begins to starkly decrease in one's 30s. There's also people who are unable to conceive due to congenital illness or injury-related causes, and there's LGBTQ plus couples, many but not all of whom are missing either the sperm or the eggs in their pairing, and who probably never even dreamed that science could one day allow them to have biological children together using both of their gametes. But Matt Krisloff, a gay man himself, dared to dream just that, and now he says his startup Conception really could become, quote, the first in the world to accomplish this goal in the not-too-distant future, end quote. The company has not even really started on their ambitious goal of turning the blood cells of someone assigned male at birth into healthy, viable eggs. They're beginning first with blood cells of people assigned female at birth and, quote, trying to transform these into the first proof-of-concept human egg made in the lab. End quote. Neither they nor any lab or company has achieved this just yet, but conception seems confident. And by the way, I know the language I'm using here might seem a bit clunky, people assigned male at birth instead of just saying men, but a key reason I'm being intentional about language here is because if this technology ever actually works, trans people are going to be among the most eager to use it, especially those in heterosexual relationships. You know, a trans woman getting to contribute actual eggs to her partner's sperm to conceive a child would be amazing. This is the sort of far-off technology that many trans people are always keeping their fingers on the pulse of in the hopes that it would manifest in their lifetimes. Now, I've yet to find any coverage of Conception that mentions trans people, which is a shame because they would definitely end up being an enthusiastic market, and given how little research there has been done writ large on the various medical transition procedures, labs would probably need to study those specific variables to ensure that this technology could even work for trans people. So, you know, if anyone at Conception or another company is listening, collaborate with some scientists who study trans health and get some trans participants involved if and whenever you begin human trials. But anyways, let's get into how this works. Quoting the MIT Technology Review, 
The first step is to take a cell from an adult, say a white blood cell, and convert it into a powerful stem cell. That process relies on a Nobel Prize winning discovery called reprogramming that allows scientists to induce any cell to become pluripotent, capable of forming any other type of tissue. The next step, cajole those induced stem cells to become eggs whose genetic makeup would match that of the patient. It's that last part that's the scientific challenge. Certain cell types are very easy to make in the lab. Leave pluripotent stem cells in a dish for a few days, and some will spontaneously start to beat like a heart muscle. Others will become fat cells. But an egg might be the hardest cell to produce. It's huge, one of the largest cells in the body, and its biology is unique too. End quote. The tech review goes on to remind us that people born with eggs are born with the full amount they will ever have. They never make any more. Part of what would make this technological breakthrough such an incredible and exciting feat. And it has kind of been done before with mice. Five years ago, Japanese scientists Katsuhiko Hayashi and Mitenori Saitu converted mice skin cells into fertile eggs, outside of the body, but inside of artificial ovaries that they constructed from the ovary tissue of mouse fetuses so that the eggs would have somewhere to incubate. And that team is continuing to make strides and is working towards a completely artificial system that would not require human fetal tissue. Now, all of this is just the first steps. There is a ton of complex stuff to figure out, like using genetic engineering to replicate components of Y chromosomes if you're working with two gametes that only have X chromosomes. That's just one example. After being able to make eggs in the lab, scientists will have to study the heck out of them to make sure it's safe to fertilize and then develop them into embryos, and those embryos will have to be studied and tested even more before we can even broach the topic of whether moving on from there is a good idea for our world. Quoting again, The prospect of egg cells from a blood draw is profound and ethically fraught. Conception's process for making eggs from stem cells has required human fetal tissue, and if reproduction is disassociated from what have been the accepted facts of life, unfamiliar scenarios could result. It opens the door not only for same-sex reproduction, but perhaps even for one individual or four to generate an offspring. More realistically, because the technology could turn eggs into a manufactured resource, it could supercharge the path to designer children. If doctors can make a thousand eggs for a patient, they'll also be able to fertilize all of them and test to find the best resulting embryos, scoring their genes for future health or intelligence. Such a laboratory process would also permit unfettered genetic testing with DNA engineering tools such as CRISPR. As Conception put it in a pitch sent down earlier this year, the company anticipates that artificial eggs could allow wide-scale genomic selection and editing in embryos. Says Krisiloff, if you could meaningfully select against Parkinson's risk, Alzheimer's risk, I think this then becomes very desirable. The potential commercial and health payoffs could be huge, end quote. Huge payoffs, yes, maybe, but at what cost? I mean, think of all the ways that this could be abused. Think of all the precedent that this could set for more nefarious types of gene editing. 
Slightly conversely, I'm not so confident that this technology would make a dent in adoption, since I think it would, like many fertility treatments, remain outside the financial grasp of most people, and optimistically, I like to believe that there are always people who genuinely want to adopt, not just who choose to as their most accessible option. That said, the impact of such technologies on adoption rates is absolutely an argument worth exploring, among the many, many other ethical concerns. Hayashi and his team at least seem appropriately concerned. While they say that the mice born from artificial eggs in their lab appear healthy, it's tough to know if they have other issues that went undetected. His team has published calls for societal debate and many extensive safety tests before anyone tries making an actual human from an artificial egg. He thinks all of these companies jumping on board might be going at it prematurely. Though, how long it takes them to actually get there still remains to be seen. Lauded geneticist George Church, whose lab is being used by one of Conception's competitors, Gamito, told the Tech Review that generating an egg may happen, quote, somewhere between six months and infinity, end quote. But as Martin Verisovsky, founder of the country's largest chain of fertility clinics, as well as Gamito, put it, quote, "...this is the kind of thing that is experimentally difficult to achieve." But if you do achieve it, you can change the course of humanity. So it's worth trying. End quote. If you've ever been out shopping and seen some product and thought, huh, the model on that package looks uncannily like Ryan from The Office, well, it turns out you were probably right. The actor B.J. Novak recently posted on his Instagram stories to confirm that, to his understanding, years ago someone mistakenly uploaded a photo of him to the public domain and it has since been used in products around the world. Since photos in the public domain can be used without charge for both personal and commercial use, a lot of smaller companies will pick them to use in their marketing and packaging materials, which is how we got BJ Novak photoshopped onto packaging for cologne in Sweden, electric razors in China, ponchos in Europe, face paint in Uruguay, and probably much, much more. Novak isn't the first mainstream actor whose photo has been spotted in unexpected places. The New York Times reminds us of Shang-Chi actor Simu Liu, who modeled for stock images for 120 bucks seven years ago, and now repeatedly finds his photos on corporate websites, in textbooks, on YMCA posters, and more. Liu mostly takes it in stride, but, you know, he at least kinda knew what he was getting into when he picked up a stock photo gig. Novak did no such thing. His photo was just, as he says, mistakenly added to the public domain. How that happened and where it all falls legally is a bit of a question. Quoting the New York Times, most likely, Mr. Novak has not made any money off the use of his picture. The rights to a photo generally belong to the person who took the picture, unless they have been transferred in some way. The history of this picture could not be determined. But Mark Mistall, a principal lawyer at Gottlieb Brackman and Reisman, a New York law firm, said that, at least in the United States, Mr. Novak has a number of possible legal options to pursue, if he wants to. His lawyer can send a cease and desist letter to the companies that used his image, or he can escalate the matter by suing the companies, said Mr. Mistall, who specializes in copyright and trademark law. 
However, Mr. Mistall said that he thinks the actor is more likely to pursue a case against the companies who made money off the photo than the person who uploaded the picture to the public domain. End quote. But Novak is unlikely to pursue legal action. For one, he's actually known at least about the cologne for seven years and not taken any action. And two, he said on his Instagram yesterday, quote, I am too amused to do anything about it. End quote. As are we, BJ. As are we. Mischief, the art collective behind Lil Nas X's Satan Sneakers, recreating every episode of The Office in Slack, and, most recently, delivering people Chick-fil-A on Sundays, complete with devilish branding, has now launched their 59th drop. Dubbed the Museum of Forgeries, they bought an original Andy Warhol drawing for $20,000 and then made 999 high-quality forgeries. They're selling these forgeries as well as the original for just $250, except they aren't telling you which is the original one and say that even they don't know anymore. They say on the Museum of Forgeries site, quote, The capital A art world is far more concerned with authenticity than aesthetics, as proven time and again by conceptual works sold primarily as paperwork and documentation. Artwork provenance tracks the life and times of a particular piece, a record of ownership, appearances, and sales. An entire sub-industry of forensic and investigative conservation exists for this purpose. By forging Warhol's fairies en masse, we obliterate the trail of provenance for the artwork. Though physically undamaged, we destroy any future confidence in the veracity of the work. By burying a needle in a needle stack, we render the originals as much a forgery as any of our replications. And Quotes. Unfortunately, the 999 forgeries and one original are already sold out, but you can still visit the site to learn a bit more and follow Mischief to see what kind of chaos they'll be unleashing with their next drop on November 8th. In the meantime, another company who, in my opinion, also operates more like a mischievous art collective has just announced a vegan cannibal steakhouse. So this comes from Liquid Death, the canned water company I've mentioned a few times before. Most recently, because probably inspired by Mischief's Satan Shoes, they partnered with Tony Hawk to make skateboards whose paint includes Hawk's actual blood. Well, now Liquid Death has teamed up with Postmates to bring people plant-based meat that they promise tastes just like real human meat. As they say, quote, At the Vegan Cannibal Steakhouse, we believe that human meat is murder. That's why we only serve you and your family 100% plant-based, cruelty-free human. Now you can enjoy all the human meat you crave, but without anyone getting killed. End quote. It's all a bit circuitous in what they mean, so let me just clarify here. If you live in New York City or Los Angeles, today only and while supplies last, you can genuinely order one of their plant-based meat dishes for delivery. There's no actual human or actual meat of any kind. It's all plant-based alternative meat, whatever you want to call it. The human and cannibal lines are just a gimmick. But the food is very much real. I was actually close to ordering it myself for lunch today, but I chickened out. The dishes on offer include a New Yorkerless strip steak, guiltless grilled rack of Sam with minted mango cerebrospinal free chutney, and manless meatballs in marinara with brain free cheese. Each one comes with a can of Liquid Death Mountain Water. 
And if you're late to the game or don't live in New York or L.A., you can get on the wait list to be alerted the next time they offer their vegan cannibal steaks. You can also order a vegan cannibal steakhouse apron or t-shirt to, quote, proudly tell the world that you think eating people is wrong, end quote. I feel like I only half understand what Mischief and Liquid Death are doing at any given time, but I remain 100% on board with whatever the heck it is. So Adobe has been holding their Adobe Max conference this week, announcing a handful of cool updates, including a Google Chrome browser version of Photoshop, an option to prepare files as NFTs in Photoshop, and some cool updates to their neural filters as part of their Project Morpheus. Lots of cool stuff coming out there. I dropped some links in the show notes if you want to read up on any of them. And then, of course, the other big conference happening today is is Facebook's annual Connect event, or should I say, Meta's annual Connect event. Yes, that is the new name of Facebook, the company, not the platform. As Mark Zuckerberg explained in an interview with The Verge, as the company has acquired other companies and expanded their own goals, it's been confusing to be associated so strongly with just one of their products. And the name Meta reflects their commitment to Zuckerberg's latest obsession, the Metaverse. Personally, I think the word meta is like way too common with way too many different meanings to people, and I'm kind of annoyed that it will now be owned by one of the biggest companies in the world, but, you know, hopefully it'll be more like an alphabet to Google thing. Also a common word, but we don't hear about it as much as we hear Google. We'll see. But that is it from me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.